to help bring your whole being into the state that is conducive to meditation. Just summon to the best of your ability that determination, your motivation, make it as clear as possible. Do you want to meditate? What is the ultimate goal? And what is the immediate goal that will help you get closer to that ultimate goal? Let that motivation become a strong determination. Feel it emotionally. Let it be as clear as possible that the very energy of this determination infuses your body, your breath, and your mind. And your body being thus infused automatically your body looks for the posture that is to help you achieve this goal. All you have to do is to simply observe. Bring your attention to your legs. And see the legs seeking comfort and stability and let them. Check your hands and observe how they are seeking a posture that is also comfortable and stable where you don't need to consciously hold them in place and let them elbows not too far, not too close to the body shoulders <coughs> even, relaxed back naturally straight, comfortable and the proper posture of the back gives you a sense of confidence a sense of stability and when you reach the shoulders and the back you start to descending and the body itself let that sense of ease descend on the body and rest your mind in, on this ever deepening sense of ease. <coughs> Center your head and neck so you don't let in place. Let your mouth, teeth, tongue rest in their natural places. So the teeth are not clenched, the jaws are not too loose, and the tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. And you feel the sense of ease, the sense of calmness getting deeper. Let your eyes adopt the posture that is conducive to meditation for you. Perhaps being closed might be conducive for you. Or maybe or fully opened. Whichever is conducive for you adopt that and feel that sense of ease throughout your body and feel that sense of ease influencing the breath 
there's no need for you to control the breath no need for you to try to force your mind to focus on the breath no need for you to worry about what to do about distractions if you have any just gently observe the breath just having the thoughts knowing that you are breathing out as you breathe out knowing that you're breathing in as you breathe in that's all you have to concern yourself with so whatever else may be present in the mind do not concern yourself and observing the breath in this way have a last check on the posture making sure that you're not interfering with the body's natural tendency taking a place of comfort and stability and if you notice any such interference then make the proper adjustment by simply letting the body find a place that is conducive to meditation where it's comfortable and stable and be aware again of the sense of ease deepening further reflecting in the breath now watch your mind watching the breath As you breathe out, you know you are breathing out. As you breathe in, you know you are breathing in. And your determination is somewhere in the background. So notice the continuity of awareness. Following the breath. From out-breath to in-breath. And back to out-breath. And and to the intention of just watching the breath have the intention to keep this continuity unbroken while you follow 21 cycles of breath <coughs> and let the ever deepening sense of ease in the body and the breath be an indication for you that you are getting closer to meditative state
awareness of the sense of ease come to the foreground. Being aware of it, let it, let your awareness not disturb it. Just by having that intention not to disturb it. To operate from within this ever deepening sense of ease. Be aware of how the sense of ease is deeper. How is this reflected in the breath, further reflected in the mind itself? And bring forth again that determination, thinking of the goal that you seek, thinking of what you need to do right now in this very meditation, as you can again. And bring your attention to the space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows, at about a prostrations or arm's length distance from you. While focusing in that, ask yourself, how will you achieve this goal? When you will have achieved it, on what did you rely? On whom did you rely? And who led you there infallibly? What led you there infallibly? And feel yourself in the very presence of this infallible guide. Taking a form made entirely of light. A form taken specifically to inspire you. So the very embodiment of what you aspire to achieve has taken form to guide you to achieve it. This is your personal spiritual guide. And find within you that measure of conviction that you are to presence. Holding on to that measure of conviction in your mind, show your reverence, prostrate. Still holding on to that measure of conviction. It's the infallible means to help you achieve your goal is right now present. Not some abstract, not in some untouchable dimension, not in some future time, but present now as you breathe. Measure of conviction. Entrust yourself. Strengthen your faith in the goal. Strengthen your faith in your capacity to achieve it. Strengthen your faith that you are being guided and entrust yourself in what is called the three jewels. Take refuge.
of conviction. Holding on to it, you feel a great sense of gratitude. For finally, the guarantee that you will achieve your goal is present. To express your gratitude, make offering, offer things that you own that makes you happy. Offer things that makes you happy. Offer things that makes you happy that may exist only in your imagination. your conscience to remove dysfunctional guilt, admit your faults, the actions and holding on to a strong sense of intelligent regret. Again, entrust yourself to the three jewels taking refuge, seeking their protection, their strength and their guidance. of strength from having taken refuge and drawing from that sense of strength to make a promise to restrain in the future. Make that promise according to your capacity. Then promise to do something to make up. due to the sincerity of all these steps you feel a sense of relief already feel the lightness of the mind again wishing to further refine the mind let the mind take great joy in goodness think of actual examples of demonstration of the goodness in whatever form, in whatever measure, it has been demonstrated. Either from you, or from others. Take great joy and rejoice in the goodness demonstrated by those who demonstrate. And take great joy and rejoice for those who have transformed themselves into only beings who behave only out of goodness.
feel the refinement of the mind, the, success, the level of clarity, the level of calmness. From within this, turn your mind to all sentient beings. Look at their conditions, the suffering that they are forced to endure, the happiness that keeps eluding them. Embrace them with your compassion. Embrace them with the power of your love. them in such embrace, turn your mind again to your infallible guide. And become aware that you are connected to all enlightened beings through your infallible guide. Out of this beg the enlightened beings Come into the lives of these sentient beings. Stay with them for as long as it takes. Show them how to truly end their pain. Show them how to find true happiness. And wherever they have already appeared, beg them to stay and continue to turn the wheel of the Dharma. Again, bring your mindfulness to the state of your mind to the level of calmness and clarity that you brought yourself into and strengthen your intention to remain in that state and to further deepen and think of again the goal that you seek in this very meditation and dedicate the power of the merit you've gained so far to the achievement of that goal. upon your infallible guide. And know of the very embodiment of what you aspire to achieve. 
wishing to look closer, ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head and feel that bright presence now above your head. As though the sun itself is above your head. Feel the light rays permeating your whole being. While you make strong wishes to be free of your obstacles, strong wishes to gain the realizations you seek, beg for blessings. within you that brought you to the path. No matter how weak it may be, let it be the one to beg for blessings. to become inseparable. Whatever inseparable means to you, that's what it means for now. And how that aspiration for inseparability, form of the teacher dissolves into a point of light. See and feel that point of light descend through the crown of your head. See and feel it enter your heart center and there merge with your mind or merge may call the essence of your being. And for as long as you can hold on to the affirmation that you have become inseparable, hold on to it. Take a snapshot, as it were, something now. And whatever way it manifests.
manifest you either a sense of calmness, a sense of clarity, a sense of ease, whether physical or mental. Take a picture of it. And bring your attention now back to the breath. Breathing in, know you're breathing in. Breathing out, know you are breathing out. Staying aware of the breath, let the breath help you become aware of the body. Stretch your legs, make yourself small. <coughs> so after contemplating on the on the thought that the first verse of the eight Verses of mind training uh, help uh, wants you to. Then you get to a point where just reciting the verse, almost instantaneously, the sentiment comes to your mind, where you actually feel uh, cherishing others, and you truly see that relating with others is like uh, is definitely making a uh, making a wish that will definitely come true. And the way you make this wish is not necessarily, and unfortunately it's not always, where you consciously make a, have a relation, relate, okay? and then you make a conscious wish, oh I wish for this, I wish for that, and then that wish comes true. The wishing happens in the very relating. If you relate with, with, with another being, either directly or in your mind, with the with your with intention that they experience some sort of harm, that's the wish you're making. You're making uh, where there is a being where and that the being you're looking at right now, let there be the experience of harm. And then you relate out of out of that conviction, that not necessarily a conviction that uh, somehow you magically know that this being is going is going to come to harm, but you're convinced that. Uh, in your own way, in your own, uh, uh, in your own limited intelligence, so to speak, <coughs> you have a level of conviction that there will be harm. That person will, that person will experience harm. So, since you are also a person, so what you're saying is, where there is a person, let there be harm. Person, let there be uh, the experience of suffering. So you're making your wish just by that intention and by uh, engaging with that intention. 
Okay. And and since you are actually engaging with that level of comf- that level of, of, of confidence, since you are engaging with what you believe to be a, a real being, just you just uh, made your wish, and definitely that wish will come true. It may not come true in the way that you want it to come true, that that being comes to harm, but definitely you will come to harm. Harm will come to you, because you made that wish. Where there's a being, where there's a you, let there be harm. And you happen to, okay. And, and of course, if you have the opposite intention, the intention that made this being come to be free from whatever harm they may be experiencing, or may they come to experience happiness in some way. So you're making, in that intention itself, and in that activity, is making the wish true. And it doesn't matter whether or not the being that you have the intention towards actually experiences some level of happiness that you're wishing for, but definitely you will experience, you will experience that. Okay? And that's just the nature of things. It's just the way things are. Okay? Whatever you're experiencing, whether it is environmental, whether it is in your own your being, it, it came out of that, relating with beings. Okay. So, once you continue to think along this line, uh, once you continu- continue to, to, to press on the mind, impress upon the mind how important it is, this, and then you, you uh, may you come you want to come to the realization where or uh, you have you have come to finally you've come to meet with what is for you the most precious thing in all of existence the most precious thing in all of existence is sentient beings that phenomena that you call sentient being no matter how you relate towards it, no matter what station it has in, in, in the hierarchy of beings, if there, there is such a thing, it will, you will get a result from how you relate with it. In that, it, uh, for the sake of uh, comparison, let's say you, uh, an ant, you encounter an ant. In that, in that being, there's a potential for a Buddha. So, when you encounter such, when you mix such, when you have such an encounter, and you relate with it in such where your intention is for it to experience, to be free of harm, you ex- you're, you're in, with your intention for it to actually uh, experience some happiness, and you maintain that level of intention, no matter what's happening, no matter what the being is, no matter how the being is responding to you. When that being, for some reason, if achieves enlightenment before you, that being is obligated to 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 make to make a connection with you again, and you may become the disciple of such a of, of a of a of a being, and it is that it is that relating that is now if you had. Uh, the opposite, where you wish it harm, and you wish it distance, and of course, what's going to happen? If by chance it becomes enlightened before you do, you have, you, that's what you said, you want distance. So, 
you can find that Buddha. You can see it. You can make connection with it, even though it might be might be right in your face. Okay. So the habit that is tricking us, that is not making us see this as the truth. The the verse begins uh, in some in some translation with the determination. You're having a now that you understand uh, the sentient beings, and you have a sense of co- conviction in two things. You have a sense of, con- uh, or should I say, a sense of appreciation for two things. One thing that you have a sense of appreciation for is suffering, because you experience it in the own, the, your own continuum. You know it is something that you don't want. So in a, in, 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 uh, in a more general way, suffering is, some, is that which no one, is that which a one doesn't want. The one that is experiencing it doesn't want it. That's, it, that's the nature of suffering. And you have a true appreciation of that. And also, you all have a, a, a true for uh, uh, what it would mean, not that uh, you've, you had a direct experience, like you have a direct experience of suffering, but you have a, uh, because of your, of, your, of your appreciation, sincere appreciation of suffering, you form a sincere appreciation of enlightenment, escape from suffering. And based on these two levels of appreciation, based on these two levels of conviction, then you form a determination. Okay. So wherever there is suffering, you understand that it is something to be abandoned. Whether it is in your own stream, of, of con- on, your own, on your own continuum, it is perceived as within the continuum of another. You form a determination, its nature is to be removed. Is to be abandoned. Is to be gotten, getting gotten rid of. And the same way that you uh, find yourself aspiring to uh, at least the absence of that experience. So wherever there's a being, that's where that being should be. So you hold onto the onto these two, con- and wherever, whenever you encounter what you might call other, what you, what is uh, just what you might uh, uh, con- convincingly say, oh, that's a being, then. Those two, those that conviction should be what you stays in your mind. If it stays in your mind, it will help you relate in the proper way. It will help you relate in a way that when the actual, when the actual wish is made, and then the wish, the the object of that wish, when it when when it comes to you, it is something that is wanted. And. Uh, in the earlier sutras, when the Buddha talks about what ripens as uh, what, what's a beneficial be- beneficial ripening of a, of a deed, makes it beneficial. What defines it as beneficial is that it benefits one, or it benefits another, or it benefits both. Okay, that's what defines it as being beneficial. So you who are experiencing it, you want it con- to continue. And so maybe it might ripen for someone else, and that person has that same experience, wants it to continue, or it might be something that you both experience. It is definitely going to be one of these three, okay? Either you or another or both of you, okay? So when 
you hold on to this conviction, that determination, that sense of appreciation of what suffering is, if it exists somewhere. So when you see a sentient being suffering, all you're focusing on is that suffering must go away. And whatever behavior the, the sentient being seems to be exhibiting, that is not necessarily for you uh, uh, a determining factor of how you should, how you should uh, what kind of intention you should have. Of course, it will determine what kind of action you should uh, uh, take. Shouldn't, 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 uh, shouldn't be something other than their suffering, the suffering must, must go away. And that, that, that person that you are encountering, that being that you are encountering, perhaps they're filled with the intention to harm you. But you know better. Okay, you know better. Because you know better, that would help you have a sense of compassion for them. Why are they behaving this way? Why are they holding on to, to poison when, they don't want, when they're suffering? It's because they don't know any better. But you know better. Okay? So if they're harming you, if they're uh, uh, seeking uh, your, your, to, for you to experience suffering, do not change your intention. You know what suffering is. And you know what state of being a being should be in, should, be, should experience. And these should be your only, your only intention when you're engaging, when you're, in, when you're relating with another, another sentient being. And also, because you understand, uh, have an appreciation of suffering, appreciation of what causes suffering, the, the, uh, in, the, in the verse, where it's in the sense of de the determination, the determination, there's a sense of, of a person who has, trans who has achieved a sense of being, so to speak, has become what is called a bodhisattva, a diamond being, a being, a, a, a being with an adamantine will, uh, become unshakable in their determination. They have, be they have become uh, immovable in their determination. And what is, what is it that makes them diamond-like? It is that, that intention. They will never lose it, no matter uh, what event or what they are experiencing. It doesn't matter if an army, uh, when the Buddha sat under the, the Bodhi tree and displaying the act of achieving enlightenment, and uh, before he, uh, the night approached where he, when an army of demons came, their intention were, oh, there's someone whom, in, in whom we should inflict pain did not move from, oh, there's a sentient being. There's suffering there. The suffering must go away. The Buddha didn't have, oh, there's a, there's a demon. Now it's proper for me to start hating. It's proper for, for me now to start having the intention that, oh, there, there, this is the place where suffering sh sh should exist. The Buddha was at intention, was never, not even slightly shaken. Now this being, who is uh, uh, compared to a diamond, unbreakable, unshakable, there's only one thing in the universe that can actually destroy such a being, that can actually damage, that can, that can break this unbreakable being. Only one thing in the universe. And, and it's a klesha. And 
meaning, uh, the meaning of for such a being to be broken doesn't mean that, that whoever that, that being is goes to hell or they, they become annihilated, they, they somehow go into out of, out of existence or their being is shattered into a million pieces. That's not what it means that a diamond being has been broken. It means the world, world, not just the world, the universe has lost a bodhisattva. And that is a tragedy, an imaginable tragedy. And only one thing can cause such harm. It is anger. And not just anger where somehow you become this, the embodiment of the devil, anger towards everything, and everything that, that lives or breathes, you have anger towards it. But to have anger towards anyone, you're in danger of removing from the, from, from the universe uh, extremely precious, uh, extremely precious, the most uh, extremely precious thing a bodhisattva, being of unshakable resolve. Okay. So, from the very beginning, you start looking out for, for the danger of, of, of anger. You want to make sure that you no longer take refuge in anger. And anger is not... Uh, we, we, a lot, uh, because of delusion, we get with uh, a sense of needing uh, when you see injustice and you feel the need for justice to, to take place. That is not what, that's not anger. Anger is the intention, ah, suffering should exist there in that person. That's, that's, that's the danger. Okay. It's absolutely possible. And, and, it's, and it is because that we associate certain actions with only with the intention to harm that those actions, we shouldn't engage in them. They become dangerous for us. They are dangerous for us because of the association that they, the strong association that they have with anger, with the intention to harm, okay? But those actions themselves are not necessarily uh, are absolutely uh, evil, so to speak. It is possible for you one day to have transformed yourself into such a loving, such a compassionate being that you can take a knife and stab someone with it and you have your only intention is for that person to have happiness. Crazy. <laughs> taking, taking that out, <laughs> you're not crazy. <laughs> you have true intention for the happiness of that person. And guess what? That is for a bodhisattva who doesn't have skill. Who would rely on the need of, a, of, a, of an instrument like a knife, something that, that's a, a situation that requires an extreme, uh, a extreme remedy, such as that. Okay. So you say, and the reason I'm saying this is when that's where uh, that, uh, we feel there's an injustice, you know, something has to be done, and then maybe an extreme uh, uh, action like stab so that uh, uh, suffering can be alleviated. Because we are incapable of, or it is very difficult for us to disassociate that action from the intention to harm, it is not for us to do. 
but if you're able to, if you remain unable uh, uh, determination, that is your intention that others not suffer, that others experience happiness, that 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 whenever you you are in the presence of a of what you call a sentient being, that's that's the only thing that that uh, motivates your your relationship with them. That's the only thing that makes you talk with them. You talk with act towards them out of that. You, you think of them with that regard in your mind, no matter what they're doing. You might see that, ah, oh, what would make this person meet with happiness is for them to be stabbed. I'm using this as an extreme example. I'm not talking to go outside and take a knife and go look for people to stab. Okay. But it's possible to even do some, such an action. You, you have the intention of the person's, in, uh, the, only, only the person's intent, true intention, uh, only have the unshakable intention of the person's happiness in your mind. Okay, now, that's just an extreme, uh, an extreme uh, case. If you're really capable of holding on to this intention, you will not need a knife to do what the knife is, is supposed to do. You will be able to do it with just your wishing it. That's the power of holding on to that intention. You might do it, perhaps, for some other skillful uh, purpose. Okay. You might be able to, uh, to, do, to get the, that result that you want w with, that, with that instrument without having to use that instrument. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, after and contemplating and trying to get to a true sense of appreciation of sentient beings, of the sense of their preciousness, of the sense of their in, uh, how in, uh, uh, precious and valuable they are, then you start to develop already the the uh, the mindfulness it's looking for what may come in between that you look looking for that for what may come and destroy this okay then after a while because you know that that is the source of the real source so you, you see the intention to harm as being the true poison, the real poison. And, and if there is a proper enemy in the universe, that's your enemy. You have identified your true enemy. So it's not sentient beings, but it's that intention. Okay. When you see someone else infected by that poison, the immediate reaction from you should be an, uh, a reaction of compassion. Ah, that person has been uh, conquered by my enemy. That person is definitely not under the sway of their own, completely taken over. So even the person is coming at you, attacking you, of course you should defend yourself. Of course you should try to avoid that person to do harm to you. Because you don't want that person to incur the karma of, 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 of killing someone or harming someone. But all that is done with the intention 
holding on your mind, all in, engaging with the person, when you're thinking of the person, you want that person's happiness. You want that person to be free of their pain. They are, they are, they are having a fever, the fever of anger, and you want them to be alleviated from it. And that's why they cannot control themselves. That's why they behave such. That's why they behave so, so unbelievably. So, uh, I guess I have to take this as a a jumping point for. I guess uh, you know the Dharma is supposed to be relevant to what's going on. It's not. It's not just something dealing with some fantasy somewhere in somebody's mind. It has to do with what you expect, what's going on in your mind right now, what's going on in your environment. And presently, there's a, a, a catastrophe that has happened. And of course, it's not the first time such a catastrophe has happened on the planet, but it's our catastrophe, so to speak. So, we are witnessing how that very instinct not to suffer, that very instinct to, ex- to, to, to experience contentment manifesting uh, where it is reflecting, where it is d- directed towards another. And we are experiencing how we truly have the potential to do really great things. And this poten- and the, and doing this this great thing is not something that we have to wait for someone or for something to come and then and, and then somehow magically make us do it. In the same way that we can do horrible things. We can do incredibly wonderful, beautiful things. So, people who were, or maybe who are still at each other's throats, trying hard to see pain inflicted upon the other person, for some reason, without arguing, they're focusing on on a situation and they're focusing on, on, on how can pain be removed from there. Uh, and that you know, brings uh, uh, brings tears to one's eyes to see this, to see, the, uh, to put it in a very poetic way, I'm poetic, but using poetic words, to see the beauty that humanity can manifest that humanity has the potential to manifest. So everyone, well not everyone, but uh, all those who are over there and all those who are here and 
uh, help in some way or another understand that uh, 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 directly perceiving there is a being and in that being there is pain that pain should not be there what can I do to remove it <laughs> and believe it or not just holding on to your in that intention I would say it is even more important than actual hands-on I'm not saying that the hands-on shouldn't be happening you should just you know just have good thoughts and then that, that good thoughts take care of things but it is it, it is among those two things that have to be there it is the most important it is the only one that can have uh, uh, a more lasting effect so whether you're capable whether you're capable of directly doing something and if you see yourself not capable of directly you know uh, directly like you know hand don't think that your intention does is not worth anything your intention holding on to that intention that pain be removed that happiness be experienced and focusing in that area will not only help you deal with it but actually will actually help that situation it will help those who are enduring the pain it will give them strength and it will might give them some degree of strength so that they don't because in the danger of starvation or this, the danger of, of, of disease as being the real danger the danger is here again is a situation where the intention to harm can be strengthened where someone feel that they are in a desperate situation again they want to take refuge in the intention to harm <coughs> I'm lacking and you seem to have if I harm you I will alleviate myself of my condition of lacking especially when I seem when I'm so desperate that's the real danger and that's where your intention holding on to help at least alleviate for some time that's what is the most important because let's say if by some miracle uh, within I don't know a month or whatever whatever tragedy that was there is alleviated but if it, if, if it was alleviated refuge in the intention to harm or there's a there's somebody who has let me kill him and then I'll get it and then of course it seems like the, the thing is gone but it's not gone it's, it's just there gone, gone to sleep waiting for, for a condition a time where even a worse thing will happen okay. it's time I'm thinking sorry I'm taking so much time I'm thinking I know it seems arrogant but uh, thinking universal it's time for samsara to end we had enough of it and we have to take refuge in what will really end it and don't be don't be fooled don't be fooled again 
by the intention to harm someone. It doesn't bring any good. No matter what the situation, no matter how much is screaming at you that it is the right thing to do, do not pay attention to it. Just because you have the intention, you don't have the intention to harm, you have the intention for the happiness of someone else, it doesn't affect it. Ineffective. It doesn't make you non-effective. That is the only way to be effective. So, perhaps uh, with a little time you have, you can review and uh, perhaps work on the, your determination, stabilize it, make it strong. You know, had enough with uh, intention to harm. Start taking refuge in it. So you are saying that when we wish good to someone, we affect those people. Yeah. Way the opposite also happens. When you wish harm, you affect them. You affect yourself. And what kind of effect do you want? Okay. So remember that snapshot I asked you to take. Just have a vivid memory, as vivid as you can, of the meditative state you ex were experiencing before the talk. The vividness of it infuse your whole being that you immediately start to taste it. You taste it in the body, taste it in the breath, taste it in the mind. Again, bring the energy of the determination. To have stabilized this sense of ease, a sense of calmness, this level of meditation, and to deepen it further. Observe five cycles of breath while you are thinking that your mind, your thinking is happening in your heart center.
a state of meditation and just observe it. State. Let us turn our minds to those who are in extreme suffering. And let this very meditative state go out to them. Let it become for them a protection. So whatever they need to protect them from the true enemy, may they come to have it. May this very meditative state become it. If they need food, may it become food for them. If they need clothing, let it become clothing for them. Maybe needs medicine, shelter, whatever it is that they need so that they can be protected from the real enemy. Let it that this very meditative state become it for them. And with conviction, make that wish, will it to happen. back to your breath. Think of the merit of tonight and dedicate it to the achievement of the ultimate goal. Staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body Start with the top of your head, slowly work your way until you become aware of all your body up to your toes. 